the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith in the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we continue in our special New Year's series entitled The Fullness of Faith. In this series, we're focusing on the process of faith. So a process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Basically, we do a bunch of little tasks and they come together to produce a much bigger, desirable, and predictable outcome. For example, an assembly line is a process. A truck chassis moves along a conveyor belt, and men and women attach things to it. And eventually, if each person has done their task well, and if the person who designed the process did a good job of organizing everything, we end up with a great truck, like a Ram 2500 diesel. And we'll get back to that later. And Pastor Aaron (laughs) just gave me a big thumbs up, so he's a good man. (laughs) Critical to the making of that amazing Ram 2500 diesel or any truck is each person's belief in the process. The person who attaches the door handle must believe that their small task will lead to the building of a truck. Even if they never see the finished truck, by faith in the process and the organizer of the process, they know their efforts contribute. Even if they don't do something as important as bolting the engine to the chassis They know that without a door handle, there will be no driver, and without a driver, a truck is just a large paperweight. The process of our faith is similar. By faith in Jesus, as Christians, we know that the right things done for the right reasons with the right heart will accomplish the will of God. We may not see the end of every action, but we have faith. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, like the person who installs the door handle, we don't have to see the finished truck because we have faith in Jesus Christ, 
the maker of the process, the author and finisher of our faith. So I hope this is becoming clear. Last week, we said that when we engage in the process of Christianity, thinking less about what we want and more about what God wants, we will have peace, freedom, and abundant life. And who doesn't want that, right? Peace from the things we see on TV, freedom from the fear that this perverted world uses to mold us into godless lemmings, and the abundant life that Jesus promises is available to us in him, the organizer of the process. So if you missed that first episode in the series, it's available as a podcast on CourageousChristianity.today at KKHT.com or on your favorite podcast app. As you've heard me say before, as Christians, we are not in the outcome business. Instead, we trust that if we dedicate ourselves to that which Jesus has shown us, God will achieve the outcomes he desires through us, and we will have the things of his kingdom in heaven here on earth. So in the first show of the series, we said that the process of Christianity has three parts, which Jesus outlined when he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We said that part one is to love God, part two is to love your neighbor, and part three is to love yourself. And today we're talking about part one, loving God. And I can't think of a better guest to help us with a conversation about loving God than our favorite Pastor Aaron Thomas. Pastor Aaron, welcome. Thanks for having me back. I'm so excited to be here with you all and to share in this great topic because I truly am in love with God. And that's evident. (laughs) It genuinely is evident. Uh, As I said before, when you were a guest, it comes into the room well before you. Amen. Thank you, And Jesus. God bless you. And friends, as always, I'm joined by and so grateful for my loyal wingman, Christy Mendelo. Hello, everyone. Welcome, Pastor Thomas. Hello. Thank Glad you. Glad you're here. <laughs> Glad to be back, truly. Folks, before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Aaron, will you pray for us? Absolutely. Father God, as we have come here together uh, to bring glory and honor to your name, to share uh, with others our love for you, that they too may come to know you, come to desire a relationship with you and fall in love with you as we have. Lord, I pray that you uh, bless uh, the hearers of this show, that you bless uh, the show itself, Heavenly Father, to reach beyond anything that we could measure or think, uh, Heavenly Father. We know that you have done that with us, touched the deepest uh, part of us and brought us into your precious light. And we just pray that happen for the listener uh, of this show today, Lord, that they hear from you and that they see you, Heavenly Father, and those that already know you, Lord, that their faith may be encouraged. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 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 Friends, I would like to dedicate this show to you with the following prayer for the new year. To God's chosen people, his royal priesthood, his holy nation, and special possession through faith in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I pray that together we will come to greater understanding, greater resolve, and greater endurance as we run with perseverance the race marked out for us as courageous Christians. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
So Pastor Aaron, in our show last week with Pastor Steve, he said that loving God is about submission, trust, and obedience. And I thought that would be a good place to start today. So what are your thoughts there? Absolutely. Um, (laughs) Submission, trust, and obedience. And uh, they work uh, in tandem. And the first part is what God says, you know, and, and you stopped me when we were talking with radio. So this has been bubbling up <laughs> because to truly love God, the first thing that you have to do is obey God. And that is the evidence. Jesus said, uh, if you obey me, you love me. Right. Mm. It, 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 it's the defining mark. And to obey someone. Right. You, you, you have to trust them. You, you have to trust everything that they represent and everything that they stand for and everything that they've said, right, and submit to it. That's the only way you can obey it, right? right. You go, okay, he is, I, I believe he is who's, wait a minute, that's faith, right? right? Faith truly. Yeah, ba- <laughs> uh, back in the old days of the Marine Corps, we used to wear uh, black leather combat boots that we had to shine. And the point of a Marine shining his boots for a commander who is very big on uniform appearances is not that he shine his boots, but that he convey to that commander, I'm receiving what you're transmitting. I'm picking up what you're laying down. (laughs) Amen. So without saying a word, if that Marine shows up and he knows it's important to me to look like a Marine and look sharp and his boots are shined, I know that what I'm putting out with my heart and my standards as a leader, he's picking up and adopting for his own. And I think that's one of the ways we show God, we tell God that he is first and foremost in our lives when he says, this matters to me and this matters to me. And then he looks down and there we are extending charity, extending forgiveness or all the other things he says matter to him. Absolutely. Exemplifying what he's shown us. Right. I say attitude reflect leadership. Right. Like you said that those uh, officers, they're they're, they're gentlemen, I'm sorry, would have their boots shine because it's important to their leader. The leaders express the reason why he wants it done. And without question, we just submit to it because we trust him. Right. And and that and that's God and Jesus Christ coming and dying and, and showing us by example, he lived a life to we could submit, surrender and trust. Right. Right. He shared it with us. So it's easy to obey. Right. Yeah. There's uh, I, I think once on the show a ways back, I said uh, a Marine Corps saying that I love says what interests my general fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and like so that. if God says, I'm a little bit interested in this and he looks down and we're giving it our hearts full devotion, then imagine what joy that is to him. Amen. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so where does repentance factor in, in the trust and obey, submit, trust, and obey? Because we know that the very second we ponder this, that we think about Christ, the, the mercy that's been shown us, we must be moved to gratitude. And in that gratitude, we repent when we trust the Lord that he will not cast a lightning bolt down and blow us up. Blow us up, right? Amen. Well, repentance to me like this. First, you have to understand it totally. When you repent, you turn away from something to something. You don't just stop and turn around. You turn around to something else. People people like this, I repent of a bad behavior. Lord, or I repent of 
watch, being in control of my own life. I repent of doing it my own way. I, I repent of my arrogance, my pride, my idolatry, my idolatry, putting me first and putting me before others. So what do, what do I mean? I repent. I realize that that's wrong. I acknowledge that that's wrong. And then I turn to what is right, putting others before myself, obeying and submitting and surrendering to my God, persevering and enduring in this race, knowing that it's not going to be easy. However, I trust God. I turn to God, to the way of God, and I march out those orders rather than the orders that I was giving to myself. And I use that because yeah, of you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I love it. So actually, it's part of the submission process because when you submit to his standards, you then look in the mirror and you say, I'm not measuring up in this way, this way, and this way. Heavenly Father, help me in the name of your son, Jesus, to turn from those ways. I trust and I will obey. Amen. Christy, what do I'm you... I'm hearing ultimately you're surrendering self. You're laying yourself at the feet of Jesus. And, Amen. And... Therefore, if you don't do that, then you're still focusing on self. In you. And so why is that such a big deal for this conversation? Because if that Marine shows up with his boots looking like he shined them with a snicker bar, and I've told him that shiny black boots are important to me, he's in himself. He's <laughs> not in it. me. Right. He's not submitted to my leadership and my authority. And so now we're going to have a battle of wills, and guess who's going to win? I'm going to because I got eagles on my collar. <laughs> and so... We do the same thing with God. We want his blessings. We want all of the things he gives us, but we still want to stay in self, showing up with whatever kind of boots we like, as opposed to saying, Lord, what do you want from me today? I trust that, and I will be obedient to that. Stay with us, folks. We're going to talk about the process of faith in the second segment with Pastor Aaron Thomas. Whatever happened to the picture I created in my head? Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are in our Fullness of Faith series where we're talking about the process of faith doing the little things that lead to the predictable, big, and desirable outcomes. And in the first segment, we talked about a worker on an assembly line putting a door handle in a door, building a truck. And I did happen to uh, buy a truck last week that (laughs) was built by just such a person. And I want to shout out to Henson Dodge in Madisonville, Texas, to the team led by J.R., he 
conducted himself and business with such Christian integrity. I just have to be proud to know him. And they had a couple people out with COVID, and initially my calls didn't get returned. And then I called the sales manager, JR, and I said, this isn't really the right way to treat somebody. And he said, you're absolutely right. And he just made everything so right. So JR, Sergio, uh, Dalton, Harrison, Ryan, thank you so much. We're loving our new truck. Thank you, God. So, friends, we're talking about the process of faith, and the person who puts that door handle in the door has faith in the ultimate goal of the organizer. And so, as we think about being faithful to God, we have to ask, what is his ultimate goal in faith? And the answer is change. Christianity is about change by our faith. Our trust in God, his righteousness, his fairness, his encouraging love, his plans for this world, and his son Jesus as an atonement for our sins to get to a place we could never get to by ourselves, we will be changed. And the more our faith, the more the change. It's a promise and a process we can trust and one on which we can risk everything and everyone we value. So it's this belief which separates us from those who trust in themselves, and it's this belief we should trust, and this belief which must shape all of our choices. So we don't have to worry about the big outcome at every second. We don't have to say, I'm going to be kind to this person so as to achieve change. We leave that to the maker of the process. We just put our door handle in the door. And whatever Jesus said is your part of that process today as a saint equipped for works of service. We can trust that. So, Pastor Aaron, tell us about some of the pieces that you assemble on a daily basis. Well, God has called us all uh, to good works that he's ordained before the beginning of the time. Right? And in this process, uh, God continues as he makes us over into the image of Christ. And you have to think about that, the change that God wants to see in each of us, first of all, is that in Christ. And what do I mean? We won't be Christ, but we will be Christ-like and in, in, in a faithful servant to God the Father. And Jesus emulated that when he came down. Remember, Jesus said, everything I do, I saw the Father do. Everything I say, I saw the Father say. I've come because the Father told me to come, commanded me to come and do and say what he's taught me so that others may learn to do and say what uh, he has taught us. And that's and that's my I guess that's my calling, my gift, my my purpose, my plan is to emulate Christ in the best way that I know how by giving and serving others and uh, esteeming others greater than myself. Show shining light on people that walk in darkness or being overtaken by darkness or or have lost their way. Yeah. um, And we're all different because. I think about your place on the battlefield is not like mine. Absolutely. But then again, the Marine Corps can't be comprised entirely of snipers. We also need infantrymen and supply clerks and logisticians. And so we each have a different calling uh, in this uh, army of God, in this uh, 
effort to achieve. And it's just like you can't have everybody installing door handles. Yeah, that's the beautiful part. And I, I, exactly. <laughs> the car wouldn't drive, truck wouldn't drive very well. Well, then no. you'd have nobody making doors, and eventually you'd be in trouble. Right. But that's awesome. And you said that like we're, we're all called to different things, but no one of us is more important than the other. Right. When, when we're in faith, no other position is greater than the other. And they actually, they support and are needed. Uh, I need you to do what you do so that I can do what I do. I know I, I need people to hear this show and, and, and to allow this to provoke them, allow this to um, uh, be a seed planted in their heart. And then I might run into them in the street. Right. Right. Where I'm at. Right. I have a, a another gentleman. He's an older gentleman and he as uh, a supporter of Peace Outreach Ministry. And he goes, I can't go anymore, but I can give so that you can go. I can, Amen. right? I can supply yeah. this. He goes, my part of ministry today is taking what God has allowed me to accumulate through his blessing to equip the men called to do what they do out in the field or wherever your yeah, calling brings you to, right? And, and, and that's it because we all can't. Hey, let me tell you, as an old broken <laughs> colonel, I can't do the stuff I used to do as a lieutenant. But I have lieutenants under me, and that makes me think of the centurion. And his amazing faith when he says, I have men under me and I have but to say to them, come and they come or go <laughs> yeah. and they go. So I know you have but to say the word. And that was when he was asking Jesus to heal his slave. Uh-huh. So an amazing story of faith whereby he didn't need to know all the way to the end. He just had total faith in the process. And that was that Jesus was the son of God who would heal his slave. And he believed it. And everything that I'm hearing there is, I say this often, is everything matters. It, it does all. matter. <laughs> yes, and the other thing is, is sometimes we think the big things matter and the little things right. don't. But what we don't realize is that in the process, it's the aggregate of the little things that uh, conspire and, and change and shape and push. When people see us doing the little things well, if you can't do the little things, you can't do the big things. We need that door handle. And when you've shown yourself <laughs> worthy of a little, he will give you much. So it's well, a you really... just quoted scripture, Colonel. I, that's what Jesus said. Well, Sometimes we give, we give exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Amen, not to right? Be no, no, I, please, never that. I know that. Like, <laughs> we, Jesus even says we give importance to things that are not as important. Yeah, Martha, yeah. Martha, Martha. Please let me apologize in all sincerity. I should not have said duh. No, you should have said duh. This is a real conversation between brothers, right? Yeah. If we Absolutely. can't talk and have a good time. Yeah, but you're a pastor and I was a little flippant. And that wasn't my intent. Please excuse me. Um, so the amazing, brilliant thing is we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And we have this these different experiences and they bend us and they shape us and they hurt us and we struggle and Jesus lifts us up and you end up with these beautifully shaped instruments of God's will provided we submit ourselves in faith. But there are a lot of times when we want what we want and I'll give you an example. Uh, If you take politics, so we say, I want this guy to be the president. And we go right past scripture that says, obey all in authority because they're appointed by God. And so instead of saying, I'm going to speak about my faith and I'm going to let my faith shape my vote and I'm going to show up at the voting booth and vote, we get wrapped around the axle because we want what we want and what we think is right. But God is 27 moves down the chessboard (laughs) and he knows before we even know 
And so, yes, it's all right to invest yourself in the process and the elements of the process, but we must leave the outcomes to him. Otherwise, there uh, it, it amounts to a certain disloyalty. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we say we trust God. You but, know, that, that, that trust is shown in the way that we live our lives and our acceptance to the things that happen contrary to what we may have wanted or how we feel about something. We go, like you said, I go and I cast my vote, right? I believe right. as a good Christian, I vote uh, uh, my Christian beliefs, however that leads me. So I'm not going to tell you to pick either party. Let Christ lead you. And sometimes, <clears throat> right now, I'm sorry, <laughs> where I where I believe God's best decision would have been made wasn't. But I trust God who knows infinitely more than me. His ways, his thoughts are way above mine. He goes, Aaron, you know what? What you're thinking about is good, but I have a bigger bigger plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You know what? Uh, A while back, I said to my son, he's maybe 18 at the time. I said to him, buddy, we should get a credit card so that you can start building your credit and we'll put a careful limit on it. And it's not so that you can spend crazy money. It's just so that you can start establishing a credit uh, uh, score. And he said, yeah, I'm not playing those reindeer games. I don't want to be interested in all of that stuff. And so he didn't want to do that. And now it's four or five years later. And he went to apply for a vehicle loan. And they told him he didn't have enough credit. (laughs) And so if you look at that tiny situation, it's about a father who loves a son, wants the best for him, sees down the road a couple turns, knows how things work, and says to that son, don't have premarital sex, or don't be a drunk, or obey uh, those in authority. And it's because that father knows how it all goes and where it all leads. And that child, which was us, amen, (laughs) says, oh, no, I know what time it is, and I'm doing this, that, and the next thing. And then it ends up badly, predictably badly, because the maker told us in his word, written in black and white, that it was going to go badly. And then we're on our knees praying, oh, Lord, please get me out of this mess. And he does (laughs) through his son, Jesus, lovingly. And Christy and I were just listening to uh, that great song where the son is saying to the dad, I want to do this and I want to do that. And the dad's basically saying, I will help you. It's my job. And it is God's job to help us and to love us. Amen. Yeah, we've all ended up in some crazy places. Well, well he says if we as fathers know how to love, how much more so does he know how to love? That's Ah, one of my favorite scriptures. He is the author of love. He is love. So his love is far surpasses mine as a dad. (laughs) Okay, so I'm just saying I'm going to quote scripture now just so that we're (laughs) we're ready. That's going to continue. I love that. What father, if his son asked for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asked for fish, would give him a snake? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your father in heaven know how to give good gifts to you? And it's an amazing scripture which talks about the maker of the process, the author of the process. And then we know that in love, whether or not we understand the full process, It's up to us to come to it with respect as we honor our Father and see where it takes us. Maybe he should be the best. (laughs) We're all good. God bless you. Friends, come on back and join us.
They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of courageous faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and we're back with Pastor Aaron, and we're talking about loving God. And we're talking about this as part of our series on the fullness of faith, where we bring our hearts and our faith to bear in love of God on this process that he has set out for this world, which is a process of change, so that those who want him can have him and be changed, and we can all be more Christ-like. And there are those who will not want him. And even in the end times, there are still those who choose elsewise. And so it's very important that we understand the big picture process, like the guy with the door handle building the trucks, because that will give us peace in our role in the process. So Jesus came to separate. And I think that's hard for some people to hear because we know about the Lamb of God and we know about humanism, which attaches itself to Christ in a milquetoast version of real Christianity. But Christianity is not humanism. Humanism is men doing what uh, men feel compelled to do by compassion. And Christianity is what men do uh, for Christ when they're compelled by Christ. And so we must remember that Jesus came to separate 
Luke chapter 12, verse 50 says, You think I have come to bring peace to the earth? No, I have come to divide people against each other. And I mentioned this on the last week's show. Matthew 10, 34 adds to that when it says, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And even this, when it was observed of Jesus as a young child, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. That is part of the process. And so, if we express ourselves as Christians according to the values of God, acting them out, we don't have to expect the world to like us. The world will not like you. The world doesn't want what God wants. And you don't have to worry about that. The more you are yourself, the more people will be drawn to you who want to know God, the more people will be put off who don't want to know God. Either way, your life gets simpler. And that's part of the process. And I think we should make friends with that because I think too many Christians are torn in the process when they come to the intersection of faith and the world and they find that some people don't like them. And then it gets hard and then they get shocked and then they step back and the world is always advancing. What do you think about that? Well, that's our desire to uh, be liked and loved by everybody uh, over being loved by God, mm. being loved by God. I guess you said God came to separate, right? And then when you talk about that sword, it says to separate uh, bone from marrow. Do you know how close those are? I mean, how close and I- intricate that is. Like, so is seeing people that we want to call friends. I call them frenemies because they're in the world, right? And they, a- and we can have a good time with them and we can, but they don't love God. So God says they're against you whether you know it or not, they're under the influence of their God, uh, the ruler of this world, which is Satan. And, and, and so they're juxtaposed to your walking God, your calling in God and your service to God, whether they will say that to you or not. Yeah, you made a, a Pastor Aaron said something at the break uh, when I was still apologizing to him for <laughs> saying, duh. He said um, about when Jesus turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. And so the reason why he said that is because anybody or anything that got in the way of Jesus doing his father's business was an enemy. Friends and enemies were defined by what helped him to achieve his father's business. And I can prove that because when Judas came to Gethsemane in the garden to betray him, he called him friend. Why did he call him friend, though he was betraying him? Because he was helping him to accomplish his father's mission. Woo! And so. As we look at what's good, what's bad, what's friend, what's enemy, we must remember if we commit ourselves totally to the Father and the process of the Father, then anything that gets in the way of that process is an enemy. Even by all appearances, it's a friend. Sometimes family gets in the way. Right? Sometimes. Okay. A lot of times. (laughs) uh, So look, I've made a choice as a Jew, raised as a Jew from a Jewish family to believe in Christ. And that a lot of my family has a hard time with that. And that's okay. You be you, but I'm going to go be me according to Jesus and what he has told me to be. So here I am being me. And uh, so Christy asked a question when she was talking about, you know, there are people who have trouble loving God. 
Uh, we talked a long time ago in a show that said often the relationship you had with your earthly father affects how easy or hard it is to come to God. Oh, I agree. And so that. I know you can talk to that a lot for our listeners out there who maybe have a bit of a hard heart. They've endured things. They're enduring things. Things feel unjust. What would you say with regard to loving God to those people? Well, the same thing I had to say to myself, I had never given God a chance. I had never gone to God to know him for myself. I had watched him and experienced him in other people's lives. I went uh, around God um, with all the wrong intention. Uh, my focus wasn't on him who, according to who he was. And so my challenge to them is go to God yourself. Go, not not go, through religion or not through, through religion or, or anything like this. I came to prove that Jesus, I knew that who Jesus was, but I came to prove that Jesus didn't love me. I told myself, I'm going to get on a one-on-one plane where I can talk to you according to who you are, read your Bible, pray and talk from my understanding. God, because re- God will reach you where you're at. And I said, okay, God, if you're all powerful and all these things that I've heard people say, I need you to reveal that to me. I'm truly seeking. I'm hurt. Thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. Not testing him, but he doesn't have a problem with me questioning him. Absolutely He's not. a daddy. He is the ultimate father who looks at his child who was broken and hurt by someone that he put in place to take care of him. And he goes, come on. He starts to draw you. Come on to me. I'm your real daddy anyhow. That person needs some correction and direction. Yeah, you know what occurred to me in that area was we are spiritual beings and we live in the flesh and it's so hard, but he knows it's hard. He's not surprised by how hard it is. Think about it. Is it hard for a bird to fly? No, it's a bird. Is it hard for a horse to run? No, it's a horse. We are spiritual beings and so should it be hard for us to know our spiritual father? No, but we also exist as beings in the flesh and so That convolutes things, let alone the fact that we face a determined enemy on a daily basis who wants to point out at every turn how, see, your your father's failed you. See, your, your father in heaven doesn't care about you because this is happening and this is happening. But if we commit ourselves to his all knowing, all seeing love, and he's told us all about that all throughout the Old Testament, all throughout the New Testament, throughout the flowers, trees. Everything, Romans chapter 1, tells us there's nobody who hasn't seen God or doesn't know about him. And so if we commit ourselves to the fact that our commander is a loving, knowing commander who has a plan, then a lot of this stuff becomes easy because when we start looking at things through the lens of faith, it becomes a little less of the flesh where a lot of the hurts take place. Exactly. Yeah, If you, it, it, it is definitely about growing your faith, trusting and believing in what you have come to see that, like you said, the world speaks of God's majesty, those things that you can't grasp or understand, those supernatural things that your spirit goes, that's God. Right. That's God. When you get out of a hurt, hurtful situation and you don't know how you're able to maintain from it, that's God. Yeah. But a lot of people can't see that that's God. Right. Well, they can't because a lot of people ain't telling them it's God. True. Right. The job, our, our job, this show and, and others like it is to show people what that is. That's not a, a happenstance, a circumstance or a wishful thinking. That's a loving God speaking to a part of you. Like you said, body, soul and spirit speaking to your spirit to get through 
your your flesh, your body, so that you in your soul, in your in your soul, in your core, in your emotions, man, that was something I can't explain. That's yeah. God. Whoever got a spanking? Well, that's what I was about to say. Love. You might not think a spanking uh, well, from your Bible father says, is love. Spare the rod, spoil the child. So I got a lot of spankings, and I'm sure Ooh. that doesn't surprise any of the <laughs> listeners. And I got a lot of spankings, and it was momentary pain. It was momentary suffering. I even felt momentarily rejected. But the truth of the matter is, it was in love for my own good. And so I'm thinking of the struggle which produces perseverance and the perseverance which produces character and the character which produces hope and will not put us to shame. And that's also a scripture, Pastor Aaron. Just so yes, we, it is. Glad yeah. to see he reads his Bible, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. And so sorry, I'm still being sassy. Folks, I can't be stopped. Um, and so... Why can't we just trust in that the same way we trust in the spanking is not because dad hates us. It's because we broke the window or we were about to touch the hot stove or something like that. Well, it's because it's a process. You you learn it. You, you start to see it. We never in the midst of correction see it as love. No. It's when we get past it. Right. It's when we get. Past. That's why God Sometimes says. Sometimes years past. It. Yeah, yeah. That's and why God says back. I will add trials, persecutions, tribulations to you, because when I get you past it, you're going to see the love that I had for you in it. Okay, so now here's a very, very important point that you've brought up, Pastor Aaron, that I would like to express. Think about the fact that when a young person goes into a recruiter's office, they know the boot camp is going to be hard. They know it's going to be the hardest thing they ever did, and the reason is because. They trust the process of the making of a Marine. They trust the Marine Corps. They trust their higher headquarters. And they go to boot camp, and guess what? It's way harder than they thought it was going to be. And guess what? The Marine Corps actually helps them to get through it. And then on the other side of it, they're way more than they could have ever imagined and so proud of themselves. And such is the discipline of God. If we go into it knowing we're loved We can trust him. We can trust the process. I have but to submit to his corrections. And such is the love of a father for a child. And we're going to talk about that more when we come back. Stay with us. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply, as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. We're talking to Pastor Aaron about loving God. And this is Courageous Christianity in 2022. And we're talking about the courage to have faith in the process that leads God's outcomes to be done. And so for me personally, I trust that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
if we walk out the process of Christianity, which is shining the light of Christ's love as best we can, speaking God's truth as best we can, not judging as best we can, avoiding quarrels as best we can, allowing all things to come to pass according to God's plans as best we can. And there will be dark times. We will have trouble with certain things, just like a kid has trouble with the spanking. We were talking about that in the last segment. Pastor Aaron didn't get as many spankings as I did, I think. But Pastor Aaron, in talking about God's will, trusting him and his love, walking it out on a daily basis, what do you say to our listeners out there that helps them to look at 2022 through the lens of faith and not the lens of the world? The lens of faith, trusting the God that you know right now, not the God uh, that you imagine, the God that you know right now and submitting to that God, right? How your relationship, wherever it sits with God. And if you don't have one right there, start from there. I don't have one. God, I want to know you. God, come. Teach me to trust you, that I may submit to you, that I may obey you. I want to know you. And if you have one, the same thing. God, teach me to trust you more. Teach me more. Teach me to submit more, that I may obey more. This is, as you said, this is a journey. This is a process that God is working out in us. He He is working out in us um, our, our faith, our, our walk, our Christ-likeness. We don't all have it. Paul said, I, I have not attained it all. Right? I, I press on for the higher calling. So wherever you are right now, right? Persevere. Persevere and just seek God more. If you don't know him and, and you're listening to the show and you're going, they're talking about a Jesus I don't even know. They're talking about a God I don't even know. Say, ask God, you, whoever they are, whoever you are that they're talking about, I want to know you. Draw closer. And then, you know, I really have to say this. Reading the Bible does so many things, but one of them is teach us about the nature of God. So, for instance, Jeremiah chapter 3, uh, I forget the exact verse, maybe 19, when God says, I, I w- thought I would give you the most amazing land, and I thought you would call me Father. So this is in the middle of the Old Testament, and you think, man, the Old Testament God, he's pretty harsh and stuff. But here he is saying this incredibly plaintive thing, I thought you were going to call me father, and I thought we would uh, be uh, father and son, and I would take care of you, and you turned away from me. So I got to tell you a little uh, thing. I don't know that as a young captain, I was as loyal as I should have been. I was a little bit mouthy at times. And my call sign, you know how pilots have call signs, (laughs) my call sign was Bucky, and I think it's because I was bucking the system or something else. I don't really know, but... I would be a little mouthy with some majors who were appointed over me. And some of them are my friends and some of them would take me aside and say, hey, throttle back. And then I became a major. And I realized that as a major, you know way more than you know as a captain. And while I was mouthing off to that guy, he was very gently telling me, dude, there's stuff going on that you don't know about that I can't tell you about because I can't be disloyal to my higher up but take it from me, have faith in me. 
And then I became a lieutenant colonel, and it was even more so. And then I became a colonel, and I realized there are whole conversations that go on at the colonel general level that you don't know as a lieutenant colonel, and you've just got to have faith that these people wake up each day to do their best, and they're appointed over you for a reason, and I can trust the organization. And friends, there is no more trustworthy entity than the God of the Israelites, the God of Abraham, who sent his son Jesus to die for us. And it's just so amazing to me. We can trust that with everything we have. Amen. Amen. You said, you said higher ups that are having a conversation that you were not even aware about. Jesus sits at the right hand of God, interceding on behalf, on our behalf every single day. We're not even aware of the conversation, but if we come to know that Christ, if we submit to God, we can trust that every morning when God gets up and he stays up, that he's taking care of it. And it's funny because you quoted Jeremiah, and I'm going to quote Jeremiah 33.3 where he says, call on me. Back to my point of just get to know me. He says, call on me and I will answer thee. And then his promises, and I will show thee great mysteries that thou does not know. Always. Absolutely. But here's the thing. If we're looking at it through the lens of the world. So I told this story a couple weeks ago. I was having terrible financial trouble, and I prayed to God that I would win the lottery. And (laughs) I didn't win the lottery, and I felt like God wasn't listening to me. But you know what did happen? I did meet this guy who gave me a second job. And then the next thing you know, I was a carpenter making money as a carpenter when I wasn't flying at the airlines and I grew a lot and I learned that he doesn't always do what we think, but he does always do what's best for us. That That's absolutely true. And he teaches us and you get so much more out of that, right? If yes. you had money, you would think you were him. He taught you to fish. He, he taught you to fish. Absolutely. Um, and so I am a Jew who believes in Jesus, and I ended up as a carpenter for a time. Figure there that one go. out. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Friends, that's the truth of my life and my journey, and that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And so when we're talking about reading the Bible, it's so that we can come to know Him better and know His Word and know His desires for us as a loving Father and not some vengeful ogre that the world has told us that He is. Our moment of truth today comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And the reason why they're quoted so often is because it is the essence of this conversation. And it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. What is straight paths? It's doing the right thing. It's knowing peace. It's not knowing worry. It's overcoming. It's being in struggle and knowing he will find you wherever you are. Friends, love for God comes from the awe we must have as we ponder his creations as we reflect on his meticulous care in every situation, as we consider his steadfast faithfulness, and as we think with gratitude about the mercy he has so freely offered us, I asked to win the lottery, and instead he gave me a job. And so he is amazing, and our love is not the product of some religious ritual. 
It's the natural feeling of a child for a loving father, and it grows stronger as we get older and we come to greater and greater understanding of his wisdom. It is in this love that we are obliged to submit to God, to trust him, to repent of our old ways, and to be obedient as new creations in Jesus Christ. It's this love which compels us to value what he values, the things of heaven and not the things of the world. It's this love through which we can make everything we do an act of worship. And so by the process of our faith, the deepest thoughts and intentions of our hearts will be revealed and winnowing takes place. We talked about that the purpose, the uh, part of the process was to separate. To winnow means to reduce the size of a group of people or things so that only the best or most useful ones are kept. And that's a very hard concept for the world to accept because the world wants to do what it wants to do and then it still wants to be included. Those who seek the pleasures of the flesh and the righteousness of self will have spiritual death as their final reward. That's the process. If it weren't the process, what would be the use of submitting to God and his righteousness? Those who seek the things of God and the things of heaven will have God, will have heaven, will have eternal life as their final reward. And he says in the Bible, I have given them the desires of their hearts. He will give us the desires of our hearts. If our desires are for him, we will have him. By our faith, our trust in God's promises, his righteousness, his fairness, his encouraging love, and his plans— Everything will be according to his will. And I much prefer his will to my small-minded concept of things which wants only to win the lottery. We must believe in the process of our faith and all the good that will come of it. And that is courageous Christianity. Friends, I hope you'll listen to the rest of this series on the process of Christianity in the fullness of faith as we address next week, Loving Our Neighbors. And the week after that, loving ourselves. And so, Pastor Aaron, any final thoughts on the subject of loving God? Loving God, just take an opportunity to get to know him. And as you get to know him, you can't help but to fall in love with him. Because that's all he'll do is pour out love on you. When you go to seek him for who he truly is, he will show you that he is love. And his love is amazing. It is immeasurable. Much better than what we could ever imagine. Absolutely. It really is. Everything he does is bigger, grander, better. And I want so much more the things that he offers than the things I think about. One thing I think about with the word, the word is a living word. And so wherever you are in your faith, he will speak to you if you seek him. Absolutely true. And we know that by the Holy Spirit. And that's a very good point. And so, friends, my prayer for each of us is that we know God better. Throughout this year, we learn to give ourselves over to him, to look at everything through the lens of faith, to have hope that our suffering will produce perseverance and perseverance character as he prepares us. Pastor Aaron, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Great time. Great pleasure. Friends, let me just say thanks for joining Christy and me today. As always, we hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, the word, at kkht.com, 
or on CourageousChristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.